Hey guys, Maurice Merrick here, and I want to tell you about a great car event that's coming up May 15th through the 17th. My friends at Drive Toward a Cure invite you to join the Aliso Ranch Getaway in the Santa Barbara wine country. It's an all-inclusive getaway of cars and camaraderie for classics and exotics. Three days and two nights at the premier Dude Ranch-inspired hideaway, the Aliso Guest Ranch and Resort. And in case you're not familiar with Drive Toward a Cure, they are all about focusing the car community on a great cause, which is Parkinson's research and patient care. So if you're anywhere near the Southern California area and you want to get in on a great car event, you can learn more at drivetowardacure.org. Get away to the wine country, May 15th through 17th. Once again, more details at drivetowardacure.org. We used to have a race uh, around uh, the loop around Fort Worth. It was like 50.6 miles or 51.6 miles, I forget. And uh, that was a fun race. We used to have some fun doing that as kids, but it was more like rat racing. Probably wasn't the smartest shit, but you know, it was the 80s. Who cares? Hi, everybody. Welcome to Horsepower Heritage. I'm Maurice Merrick, and greetings to all of you listening from places like Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, Germantown, New York, McMinnville, Oregon, Prince Edward, Ontario, Canada, Recife, Brazil, and Bristol, England. Thanks for joining me, and today I've got some more red-blooded American muscle for you with the one and only Richard Rawlings of Gas Monkey Garage. Richard is the guy behind one of the most successful and entertaining car TV shows in history, Fast and Loud on the Discovery Channel. Now, in case you've never seen Fast and Loud, basically Richard and his crew at the Gas Monkey Garage in Dallas, Texas, would be scrambling to finish a different project car every week. So that was the setup, and yes, of course, it was reality TV with all that entails, right? But I'm here to tell you, Richard really is the guy you see on TV. He's a big personality and a true car guy. And you know, that show went 16 seasons with millions of fans tuning in each week. And these days, Richard and his crew are doing their thing on YouTube. And he couldn't have been nicer when we got together for this episode. Now, before we get started, I just want to say, don't forget to follow Horsepower Heritage on your favorite podcast app. And please leave me a five-star rating and a quick review. I'm glad you guys are out there and we're going to have some fun today. It's Richard Rawlings, Big as Texas. So stay right there, and we'll be back right after this. Hi, guys. Maurice Merrick here, and I want to give you a few things to check out at ModelCitizenDieCast.com. First, there's the Jaguar E-Type Lightweight from 1963. That's in 118th scale by AutoArt. Or how about a 1956 Alfa Romeo Giulietta Sprint, also in 118th scale? Or if you're into Japanese supercars, there's the Nissan Skyline GTR V-Spec in 118th scale. You can find these and many more scale model cars at ModelCitizenDieCast.com. Enter promo code HERITAGE at checkout for 10% off your order. That's a special deal for my listeners. From race cars to street cars and everything in between, it's ModelCitizenDieCast.com because your inner child still wants to play with cars. Richard Rawlings, welcome to the show. What's up, Maurice? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm ready to go. All right, let's do it. 
Hey, Richard, I'm going to crack a beer. I don't know about you, but it's time. It's beer 30 here. Boom. I love it. Dude, thanks for coming on. 16 seasons of Fast and Loud. And now you've busted out of there. You're doing some great stuff on the Gas Monkey Garage YouTube channel. Are you still doing the monkey trap, by the way? Uh, Not in its form that it was. We're still dropping videos every week, several videos uh, on uh, YouTube. Uh, We left Discovery back in 2019. Uh, We've grown like five times that. Um, And 27 million plus followers, a million subscribers, you know, it, it's been a it's been an awakening, so to speak, because Discovery was they were drowning me. They had a thumb on my neck. I know one television channel is not big enough to hold you. I get it. You're, <laughs> no, seriously, man, you're bigger than life personality. You're rock and roll. I love it. You know, the show. I always enjoyed the show. It was always fun. But it's good to see you kind of doing new stuff and um, creating all this original content on your own. And I know you got a big team behind you. We've got a lot of nice guys and gals here that, uh, you know, put together all this. We do everything in-house and uh, we're putting it out as fast as we can. And I I like to think that what we do in the next five years, now that we're finally away from cable, uh, is going to be bigger than what we've done in the last 20. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but that's all you, right? I kind of want to get into that today, too. That kind of sets it up nicely because you're a self-made guy. I know you didn't have a lot growing up. And you've kind of created your own media empire, branding empire. It's pretty cool. Uh, but also, people don't realize that you're really into the history of this stuff. You you own Fonzie's motorcycle. Yeah, I do. It's pretty cool. Uh, the exact uh, motorcycle that was in all 16 seasons of, uh, of Happy Days. And, um, you know, there's even a rumor out there. Uh, and, and Henry Winkler actually said it the other day on a talk show that it is possibly – the motorcycle that uh, they used uh, in the Steve McQueen movie, uh, The Great Escape. Uh, now, everybody knows that motorcycle to be a Triumph 650 that jumped the fence. And as Henry Winkler puts it, they had a, a, a few motorcycles, and the, and the 450 was lighter weight and more nimble, so they dressed it to look like the 650 and jumped the fence with it. So... I'm still trying to dig into that story, but it came out of uh, Henry's mouth himself. And so we're researching it the best we can. Um, I don't think I'm that lucky in purchasing the bike, but if I am, that would be a pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What other stuff? I know you kind of been liquidating your collection lately. Um, what do you want to hang on to? You know, uh, I've just kind of changed what I think is, and, and I think it's happening across the board is, you know, the the later 70s, the 80s, maybe even the early 90s, weird V8 stuff that had some power. There wasn't a lot of cars with a lot of power uh, in, in that 15, 18 year span. And then also some of the, the, the foreign stuff, you know, Porsche, Ferrari, Lamborghini, et cetera, uh, that are kind of the forgotten supercars of the time. I mean, sure, everybody knows the Puntosh, but I have a Lamborghini Jarma over there or Jarama, I believe is how it's pronounced. And they only made 300 of them. And they only made 120 S's, you know, and it's a 1973. And it literally, I'd never seen one. And it looks like a beat up Ford Pinto, but it's a Lamborghini 12 cylinder car, you know? So um, we're collecting a lot of weird stuff right now. You know, I'm just going through that phase. You like that wedgie Italian stuff? 
I like anything really. I like the story. I like why did they build that? Where did it come from? Who got that approved through their superiors? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Matt, you're sure right about the lack of horsepower in the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, you were lucky to get 200 horsepower out of a like a 302 in those years. Exactly. A 350 was coming out of the factory with 185 horsepower. You're like, what? Yeah. Gas crisis, man. Well, now it's battery prices. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's your feeling on EVs? I know you're not opposed to them, but uh, you know it's kind of tough for us internal combustion dudes, right? You know, the way I look at it is we're going to get force fed, whatever, and we're going to break into the computer and adjust stuff the same way that we would break into heads or a carburetor and adjust stuff. We're going to make it faster and meaner and louder, you know, so it, it really is just, uh, you know, the way that it's going. What I don't understand is they're pushing it down our throats uh, from all angles, how it's better for the environment. There's no way in hell that, you know, uh, an internal combustion motor is worse for the environment than a lithium ion batteries that wait till we have 500 million of those laying around leaking acid and what have you. And then we'll, then we'll be able to discuss it properly. But right now we just don't know. Well, and just the mining alone and the, the cost of producing the battery in terms of resources and all of that, it doesn't make sense to me. I think we're going to see, um, plenty of alternative fuels out there sooner rather than later. And I think, listen, nothing is a one size fits all, right? So I think we're going to have a good mix of power plants, whether it's EV or, or internal combustion, but. I think it's going to be fine. It's just going to be a little bit of a uh, holy hell. You know, and quite frankly, the way things work, it's going to be 10, 12, 15 years before we really know where we're going. And by then there'll be something else out there. And, uh, you know, as we grow as a country and a, and a, and a people and, a, and, and the world, it's, it's always going to be evolving and changing. Um, you know, everybody gets worried right now that, oh, my gosh, this is happening or that's happening. It's, it's not really happening any different or any faster or slower than it was before. We just have such instant access to information that it causes panic. Yeah. And there's a ton of people making money off of the EVs. You know, it, it's, there's new revenue streams being generated, lots of new companies popping up. So I think people forget that, but, but, you know, well, I just sent, I just sent two of my guys to uh, legacy EV in um, Scottsdale and uh, they just got certified. Uh, we're going to build an EV car here, but in typical gas monkey fashion, it is going to, kick the doors open. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to really hate it. And uh, we're going to have a little fun with it, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've, we've, uh, we're ready to go. I think we start on it in about 30 days. All right. So can you tell me what car you're using? What's your, uh, what are you starting with? I couldn't really tell you much other. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you a whole lot. <laughs> I can't see it. You're pointing at something, but I can't see it. It's like off screen. Oh, well, I can see it on screen. My screen is split, so I'm not able to see it. Ah, uh, well, it starts with an F. Oh, do tell. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it doesn't end with a D. No, it does not. Uh, we're gonna have some fun. It, it's gonna be pretty uh pretty interesting. Nice, dude. Well, I think that actually a lot of the cars that um are ripe for EV conversion are st you know stuff like Country Squire wagons. 
big Buick sedans or old Delta 88s from the 70s. Those cars are cool. They're, they got ride. They're comfortable, but they're perfect for an EV. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, I want to what I really wanted to do instead of what we are doing with the EV is uh, I wanted to build a, a good times van from the seventies called the electric bugaloo. And uh, I got outvoted by my team. So we're building the one we're building, but uh, we may end up building a van cause that's a perfect platform. It's just sticks and batteries in it. Let's go. Definitely. Yeah. Dodge tradesman, long wheelbase, plenty of room. Absolutely. Speaking of Dodge, they are fixing to do something freaking crazy next Monday. It's going to be pretty amazing. Go f- go for it. Tell me about it. Uh, well, you've seen some of the hidden commercials and some of the kind of hidden uh, suggestions as to what they're unleashing uh, next Monday out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. But uh, I can't really spill the beans other than I know a little bit about what's going on. And it is insane. It, it Just forget about it. It's going to be crazy. Well, I'm going to check it out. And this will be coming out after that happens. But let's spill the beans on something else right now. Gas Monkey Garage giveaway number five, 2023 Dodge Challenger Hellcat Jailbreak. Yeah, I, I really got excited about this because um, I got the allocation and I thought, well, I'll spec one out and we'll give it away. And then I was like, well, why do I need to spec it out for the winner? Why not give the the winner the opportunity to come here, have some you know Texas hospitality, barbecue and beer, and then sit down at this very computer and design their own one-of-one one jailbreak edition, uh, which is the last of the, the fire-breathing dragons, so to speak. Uh, they're all allocated. You can't get one. And um, I thought it was a really neat way to uh, see the uh, first uh, demise of the V8 combustion engine, and they get to build it the way they want. I mean, I'd build all black and as much horsepower as I can get. Uh, maybe they want purple. It wouldn't be my choice, but it's going to end up being a one-of-one car that will 100% be worth more money the day it hits their driveway than it was you know, when I gave it away. All right. So in case people aren't really familiar with this whole jailbreak concept, I mean, you're basically going to be able to pick your interior, your paint color, your wheels, all sorts of stuff. All kinds of carbon fiber equipment, uh, seatbelt colors, brake caliper cover colors. I mean, you can really, it's like 40 something choices. So you can really build a car that is a one of one. And, uh, you know, and that's it. You're, nobody's going to come behind you and build another one because there's not anymore. I want to talk about some of your previous giveaways. Cause like I said, this is giveaway number five. So the first one was a 2021 Dodge Ram TRX. On giveaway number two, you gave a guy two hundred grand, and uh, giveaway number three, sixty nine Camaro and Dodge Hellcat number two, which was your personal car. Yeah, what we what we did was uh, for for the first two giveaways, they got to come here and take any car out of my collection. And uh, the first guy was very military and uh, very intelligent, very like I' gonna do the the best thing I can do for the most money. Whereas the next two guys that won that got number two Hellcat and the Camaro, they were like, we want to have the most fun. You know, we want to, we want to do these things. And, uh, then there was the $200,000 guy. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, and, uh, you know, now we're, uh, we're doing this, uh, jailbreak, which is, I think as cool as it gets. I mean, I'm not just going out there and grabbing a car and saying, Hey, this is, uh, you know, up for grabs we're letting somebody design their own. Right. And like you say, this is going to be the last internal combustion Hellcat Mopar that they build. Yes. 
Are you a Mopar guy for the most part? I mean, is that like if you had to pick Ford, Chevy, Chrysler, are you the are, is Mopar going to be your pick? I would say yes. I mean, I will tell you, I grew up strictly Ford, Mustangs, what have you. And what changed my mind is as I started Gas Monkey and Gas Monkey was growing is the the ingenuity and the willing to break the barriers and willing to do the crazy stuff that Mopar shows. And they're still showing it. Like I said, come Monday, no deal. There's not a manufacturer out there that's crazy enough to do what they're fixing to do. And, you know, so that's what I kind of respect about Dodge and Mopar in general is, you know, they don't, they're, they're like, just like our ethos here at Gas Monkey. Kick the doors in, have some fun. Who cares? Richard, how did you start Gas Monkey? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know the show, but where did this come from? Like I said, you didn't grow up with a whole lot. And uh, I know you were a, you were a cop for a while. You were a fireman for a while. But how did it all come together? Gas Monkey came together pretty much because after I left civil service, I got into printing and advertising and I was really good at it. I'm, I'm a good marketer. And so I was building brands for other people and I liked cars and motorcycles my whole life. I've always kind of, that's been my hobby. So I was watching the shows and my wife and kid weren't in the room at the time. And so I asked her the next morning, you know, why don't you guys watch these shows? And she goes, it's too much bravado. The guys are kicking boxes and cussing at each other and wearing bandanas down to here and pit bulls on chains and shit like that. And so I was like, like the light bulb went off. I said, that wasn't like what it was like when I was a kid. You know, the family was out there, you know, the dads were playing with whatever was in the driveway and the kids were, you know, playing kickball and the moms were making burgers or whatever. So I was like, these brands are very popular and, and, uh, and making tons of money, but they're missing out on the other two thirds of the market. So I set out to make a brand that was uh, mom and kid and whole family relatable and fun. I mean, I'm still wearing jewelry and got tattoos and what have you. I'm just not an ass. You know, <laughs> it's it's pretty much the difference. Yeah, right on. And I like the Texas spin. Obviously, you're you're a Dallas boy, born and raised, right? Um, yeah, yeah, Dallas Fort Worth my whole life. What? By the way, Texas has an interesting car culture. I mean, you, you've got performance cars, you got pickup trucks, you got all that oil money for decades where you saw a lot of really cool exotic stuff too, right? You do. It's uh, Texas is, uh, you know, a melting pot of everything. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to see Texas get california but uh, I do think that Texas has a long ways to go. If, if, you know, my ethos is if I can't have an ocean at my back door, then I might as well live in Texas. You know, because uh, there's no better spot to be a business, to be, uh, you know, an employer, employee, anything. It, Texas is as good as it gets. I love it down there. Um, Texas is a great place. You know, I had the most amazing brisket a couple years ago in Johnson City. Just a little roadside stop. Terrific, man. Uh, yeah, it's a great spot. It is. It's a lot of fun here. And, uh, you know, we're getting into the food segment. Um, I took the last couple of three years to get away from discovery and get away from uh, a few partnerships that I had. I, I have everything gas monkey now, 100% back in my control. And uh, we're opening new restaurants um, and new uh, different verticals that are going to be pretty amazing. It's, it's a, uh, it's crazy to come in here every morning and there's so much going on. Uh, but uh, I'm pretty excited about the next five years. Richard, what's the hardest part about, 
building these brands, all the projects you've done, I mean, you've diversified yourself. You know, some stuff doesn't work out, but not everything hits, right? So you got to try, but what's the, what's been the hardest part for you? You know, the hardest part is, is, is quitting when it's not working because you go, well, I'll just put more energy into it. I'll just do some more or I'll put more money into it or whatever. And, you know, sometimes with every venture, no matter what you do, uh, if it's not going to work, it's just not going to work. And you can stump your toe a hundred times as long as you don't stump your toe a few times. You know, so it's quitting. You know, it, I call it just like I'll have cars show up here and they were misdescribed or they got way more rust or whatever. And that just happens. The guy wasn't or a girl wasn't out to screw me over. They just described it the way they think. And I'll just put it away right then. You sell it right that second. That that minute that you get that project that's not what it's supposed to be is the least amount of money you're going to lose if you just go now. Yeah, you got to know when to cut bait, right? Exactly. Well, listen, I know that with Richard Rawlings, what you see is what you get, and that's pretty cool. You got a, an amazing fan base uh, that really supports what you're doing, and um, I, I just have a lot of fun watching the YouTube stuff. It's it's good times. We're crushing it on YouTube. Uh, you know, I was never allowed to monetize or be a part of YouTube all the way through its creation. I started with Discovery in 2012. And they owned me in all media and they kept their thumb on me and, and literally like kept holding me down. Um, and I would try to do something on YouTube and they'd send me bad letters and say that I was breaking my contract and they're going to sue me and all this kind of stuff. So um, we're only technically two years old on YouTube. I mean, as far as putting out content and we're growing like crazy. Uh, it's a lot of work, huh? It is, but it's way less work than making a show for the uh, the greedy guys out there in Hollywood. It's way <laughs> <Right on>. better. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of other e- explanatives for that, but we'll leave it at that one. Yeah, it's a family <laughs> show, so we'll keep it we'll, we'll keep it clean. But hey, Richard, what's in the garage right now? What it, like what do you like to daily? You know, daily, I pretty much drive my TRX or. Um, my other favorite right now is I just bought a 77 308 GTB Ferrari. That's just a phenomenal car. Um, and, um, you know, I bounce between those. Uh, but pretty much now that we're moving into spring, I'm going to just start taking a different car every day and dragging them out. I just bought a 70 uh, Superbird uh, 440 car, four speed. Very cool. Love that thing. And, uh, you know, so we're having some fun. We just finished building, uh, actually the video went out today or is fixing to go out, uh, a street legal two person, uh, front engine rail dragster. So nice. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really cool piece of, uh, history here in, in North Dallas. And, uh, it, I looked for it for a long time cause I knew about the car as a kid and we just put it back on the road and it's really, really neat. Did you ever do any racing in your younger days? Not legal, <laughs> not on <laughs> tracks. Well, tell me about tell me about the extra legal activity. Well, we used to have a race uh, around uh, the loop around Fort Worth. It was like fifty point six miles or fifty one point six miles. I forget. And the only rule was you had you could have uh, three tenths of a mile difference in your um, in your speedometer. Um, in case you wanted to take a little exit or cut around people or whatever. And it was the fastest who could go around the loop. 
And uh, that was a fun race. We used to have some fun doing that as kids, but it was more like rat racing. Probably wasn't the smartest shit, but you know, it was the eighties. Who cares? You know? Yeah. I mean, we all do dumb stuff when we're kids. Plus you did that. Uh, you, didn't you do a cannonball run? Uh, we did, we did. Me and Dennis set the uh, world record um, in 2007 uh, for the cannonball run through 31 hours and 59 minutes. And that was the first time the record had been broken since '79, uh, when David R. Yarborough and David Hines did it in a '79 Jaguar XJS uh, 12 cylinder. Which, fun fact, no cannonball record holder, anyone that beat the cannonball record and set it, has ever ever sold their car, including me and Dennis, except for that '79 Jaguar, which me and Dennis actually own. And uh, we're auctioning that off at a big event on uh, April 26th, I believe it is. Might be April 29th. And uh, that car is needs total restoration, but it's the only cannonball car you can buy. Nice. Very cool. All right, Gas Monkey Garage giveaway number five. Once again, what, what's the deadline for entry? April 20th is our last day. Um, and, uh, it's basically gasmonkeygarage.com or come by the shop here at Merrill road in Dallas. Uh, every dollar you spend is an enter to win and, uh, you're going to get to design and customize your own Hellcat jailbreak, um, the way you want it. I'm not going to tell you, Hey, you get this car. You get to come here and tell me I want this car. So it's going to be pretty cool. And, uh, we're getting a lot of traction on it. And it's just a neat deal, you know, that I was able to get a hold of my friends at Dodge and uh, get an allocation and off we go. Right on, man. And so anybody wants to buy a t-shirt or whatever in the online store, every dollar they spend, that's one entry, right? Uh, There's different things along those lines. Sometimes there are five times entries or 10 times entries, or there's different things that have bonus entries. Uh, So it's all laid out on the website and here at the store uh, and uh, what have you. So it's super cool. It's a, it's a really cool way to get a one of one jailbreak car. Right on. Okay. I'll have links in the show notes for everybody. All they got to do is click and uh, visit the website. Richard Rawlings, Gas Monkey Garage. Thanks for coming on. Cool, man. That's all for this episode of Horsepower Heritage. If you like what you've heard, tell a friend about the show and don't forget to leave a five-star rating and a quick review. I'll see you back here on Wednesday, April 19th when we'll be talking about a landmark collection of early cars. So until then, I'm Maurice Merrick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.